Welcome back to Rough Draft, the podcast about young journalists brought to you by young journalists. I'm Jamie McCarn, and today I'll be talking to Amy Donoghue and Tyg McNally. If you thought I haven't said the word journalist enough already, these are two brilliant journalists who just recently graduated from DCU not too long ago. How are you guys doing? I'm grand. Yeah, I'm not too bad. Yeah, I, I really chose Valentine's Day as a good day for this because journalism is the only thing I love that won't ask to be friends instead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tyg, um, yeah, do you mind going first and maybe just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I've just recently finished my BA in journalism. I was from 2017 to, to 2020. Um, I finished up, uh, must have been May last year. Uh, everything sort of blended in in 2020, so I can't really remember. Uh, but yeah, I, gra- I graduated um, from DCU and then I, I went on to do my intra placement in, um, at the journal.e. Uh, I spent two months uh, working with them. Um, and before that, I was working with the College U as the uh, news editor for 2020, um, which was which is good fun. Um, I really enjoyed my, my time with the College U. And, and then since then, after I finished my internship, I, I got some extra work with the journal as, as a freelancer. So I've been working shifts uh, with them on and off. And I'm also currently now uh, a teaching assistant at DCU, helping out to sort of get young journalists like yourself um, off to, the, off, <laughs> off to the good, a good start. Brilliant, exactly. Um, and Amy, how about you? So my name is Amy and um, I, I work for Dublin Live now. Um, I only actually got the job at the start of this year. So I, did, I graduated from journalism in DCU in 2019. Then I went on to do a master's in climate change. Then I kind of left journalism. I went into marketing for a few months and uh, with 2020, sure, my life turned upside down. And yeah, I was bas- I was left with nothing, but I got my job with, uh, with Dublin Live and I'm also an ambassador for spunout.ie and uh, I'm a climate ambassador as well. So yeah, things are fairly looking up compared to what they were. Yeah, at least it all worked out a bit in the end. Um, oh and God. just looking into you a wee bit for this for this episode, I noticed that you did a bit of writing for uh, her campus study. Like, how did that go back in the day? So when I was in college, uh, you know yourself, when you're in final year, you have to, well, I don't think it's compulsory anymore, but it was for us. You had to build a portfolio. So I kind of wrote for where I could write. And at the time, I thought, like, the the magazine sector of journalism was for me like female journalism uh so I put a lot of time into her campus and I actually did my placement with RSVP uh magazine so if if I didn't do her campus I wouldn't have ended up with RSVP and that was that was a great experience but uh, I'm in news now and I think news kind of suits me more I suppose like I'm not really into Irish celebrities now, apart from Daniel O'Donnell and Jedward, I wouldn't have a massive interest. And yeah, you kind of have to be creative for that too. You have to be into your beauty, into your lifestyle. And yeah, I think I'm like, that is great, but I'm more focused with news. And when I was in her campus, like I got to experience like I got to experience like different types of journalism like I wrote an opinion piece about my granny who died from breast cancer 
I wrote about the likes of films that I enjoyed, uh, music artists I enjoyed, just any little bits, uh, sustainability, things like that. So it was very broad and I did enjoy it. And I would encourage, like, you don't have to do a journalism course um, to get involved with her campus in DCU. So I would encourage anyone, if they have spare time, like, you can... Uh, do an article in a few hours like just put in the work and it can be a topic you're interested in it doesn't necessarily have to be like you don't need a journal journalism degree to write what you're interested in as long as you have the words and the passion you should be fine brilliant and uh bringing it back to a journalism degree um Taig, as you said you're a teaching assistant at dcu um you're actually a teaching assistant in one of my modules last semester um feature writing so how many modules uh, are you involved in? And like, how did you manage to land that gig? Yeah, so currently I'm involved in, I think it's uh, five modules. Um, I'm working uh, with mostly between, at the minute, first years and uh, some second years in the master's students uh, for this semester. Um, and it was just something I, I was sort of, uh, it was after I finished my internship and I was just sort of um, getting back into the swing of things. I was sending out CVs and and uh, sort of getting back, uh, trying to find some some other work because obviously I had I, I originally worked in a pub for for years and because of COVID I couldn't go back to that, um so I was kind of just stuck um, languishing at home for for a while trying to figure out like what to do, um and then I got an email from from uh, somebody at TCU basically asking if I would be interested in, in some in some uh, you know, doing some work with TCU, um basically because of COVID they need more like teaching support um to like work with students um because obviously with with online it's more difficult to um to sort of you know reach out to some of the students and, and work with them um because obviously you're you're in big groups and you can't really like work one-on-one -on -one. so they, they reached out to dc reached out to me and i basically asked if i want to take on the role of a teaching assistant for for the, the academic year and i decided yeah that, that i think just because i um things were, were quiet and I hadn't really got anything else to do. I thought, yeah, I think that that'll be something that could be, that'll stand to me and it'll help me sort of build contacts with other, um, with obviously DCU lecturers and, and other, other journalists who, who work with DCU, work with DCU. Um, and what would be like your favorite module that you're involved in teaching? At the minute, I'm loving all the radio stuff. Um, I wasn't a massive radio journalist fan, uh, when I originally, um, uh, was in DCU. I, I enjoyed doing it. Um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed, I enjoyed doing it, but it just something wasn't really something I was that confident in doing. Um, and I wasn't like as sure about myself like as a radio reporter. Um, but sort of working, um, working on the radio journalism module, so the radio newsroom and radio reporting, um, it sort of gave me like a, a, a nice understanding of like how, um, radio journalists, um, sort of work and how they package their their content, and like get it out to the masses and just sort of by preparing my own my own material for classes I've sort of gotten a better understanding um of how the entire system works and, and because I, I, I didn't do any kind of radio after I finished college it was just kind of like a, a refresher for me and it sort of gave me a bit of an appreciation for like the technical side of it which I always kind of enjoyed uh but then I, I also got the sort of practical experience of being back being able to get back into the to this studio once or twice before uh before the, the second or third lockdown great and um a bit of a cheeky question like uh is it kind of a 
is it a paid position or are you just doing it like you know for the vibes oh no no it's it's paid but <laughs> I, I i won't go further than that now oh, that's, that's that. fair enough we'll not be talking salary oh are you sure you're from Cavan and not monaghan <laughs> that's a um, question very very Cavan i mean question. i mean you did pay them uh 15 000 quid for for their for the degree so at least you're getting a bit of that back like it was <laughs> decent at the end of the day you know um but so. yeah as you said, uh, you know, you're a bit more involved in the print side of journalism when you were in college, obviously, as a news editor of the College View. And Amy, you are fairly prolific, I'd say, with the College View as well uh, in your time. So how did the two of you kind of find the, just that kind of student journalism? Asher, I'll go first. I don't see, I don't really, like being honest, I'm not sure I would have been as active in the College View if, uh, a large amount of my degree wasn't based on what type of journalism I did. So, uh, like, when you're at the end of second year, like, you can opt to go for an editorial position in the paper. So TAG obviously went for news editor last year. Um, I went for social media editor because I, I, I didn't know, honest to God, I did not know what I was doing, what I wanted, if I even wanted to be a journalist. So I, I thought social media would be a nice handy gig. And it, it came in very useful for me, like right now, because, well, any journalism job I've been in since I've graduated, uh, you're obviously given the Facebook details, the um, the Twitter stuff and you can see all the statistics how many people are clicking how many people have seen who's liking who's commenting who the top fans are um, and then as well like there's websites like Chartbeat um, like if you're with a publication they give you a login login detail for that and well for any publication I've worked for so far we've had it maybe not all publications but when you're on it, you can see how well your article's doing, uh, what stories have been the top in the past 24 hours. So if I didn't do the paper like that, it, I'd probably be so confused. So like the social media side was a good way for me to like wiggle my way into the world, I suppose, or the world of journalism. That's a brilliant way to put it, I suppose, wiggling in. And then, um, yeah, Ty, how about you? What was it like being a, a news editor? Yeah, he really enjoyed my time as news editor, as one of the two news editors at the College View. Uh, can't take all the credit. I worked with uh, with Aoife as well uh, on that. But, you know, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it. It was an interesting experience, obviously, because we we didn't have the full year. We only had kind of like, well, we had the full year, but we had, obviously, the, the production of the paper was disrupted uh, towards the end of the year because of COVID. So we didn't get the full whack of, of our 11 issues out but yeah no I, I think I think it gave me a good understanding of like student issues in particular like whenever I whenever I did my internship with the journal I I was able to sort of do bits and pieces on sort of more student uh, focused stuff because I had a bit of insight into it um, through the work that I did with the college view um, and obviously we, we had it was good fun um, just working alongside everybody like working with Brendan uh, and Aoife and our deputies as well on like breaking interesting stories about DCU and that have DCU surrounding them, uh, especially considering how um, it was kind of a, a tumultuous year in terms of the student union um, because they didn't really want to have anything to do with us. They were kind of 
I was yeah. on the I was on the SU last year as well. It was very complicated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was complicated. It was very complicated. We had a very complicated I, I relationship. Spoke, I would have spoke to you, Tag. Nobody. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I think we could always rely on Amy for now comment. Oh, it's bad putting a journalist in the SU. I'll say that and I'll say no more. <laughs> but yeah, um, other than that, I think I sort of gained a nice experience, sort of a nice experience getting used to like the basic ways, like you work as an editor or as a journalist, like I would work to come up with a list of ideas for all of the, the contributors for that week's issue. Um, and then I would go out and write my own story and I work with other other journalists within the college view to to collaborate on stories and, and to sort of build up contacts within DCU and outside DCU and other universities. Student journalism isn't perfect. It can be a bit messy at times um, and you can, you can get, things can get a bit warped and, and difficult, but it's, it's sort of a good entry ground and a good stepping stone for, for anybody like who wants to get into journalism. You know, it's sort of, it's that sort of first step uh, and it gives you that sort of experience that you need to sort of be, to be able to, you know, um, it gives you it's more practical experience than simply just learning off the theory of journalism you know it's sort of you're you're out reporting and you're and you're you're working with other journalists and it's the sort of first real like newsroom experience you'll get and uh whenever you first got involved with the college view did you know like from the get-go oh i'd like to be an editor someday or i'd like to have some sort of higher status you know and get really deeply involved i don't know i mean like i was always I've always been like the I'm interested in news mostly so I think I always kind of knew that I wanted to go for the news editor job um so that was all I, I kind of always wanted to go for like less so in first year I was kind of like unsure what I kind of wanted to do but once I sort of got into second year it was sort of solidified that I kind of wanted to go into into mostly news sort of stuff um but I kind of just wanted to do reporting uh from the very beginning and but I think as news editor you kind of get that um you're you can kind of like you're the one who's going to be deciding like where everything's going in the, on the, in the paper, you're going to be deciding like what stories you're going to be doing. So you, you not only, you don't get like, you get a nice pick, you get, obviously you get first pick for stories. So it's, it's, it's nice to have that sort of, that opportunity to be able to pick out the story that you want most or that you maybe have an ideas for, and you can sort of work across multiple weeks. You don't have to, you're not tied to deadlines as, as much as um, some of the contributors are. You can work on stuff behind the scenes um for a couple of weeks um so yeah i think in a in a roundabout way i think i am saying that yeah i kind of always did want to be um always kind of wanted to work on the editorial team yeah i was a bit the same myself i remember being a wee first year wide-eyed and innocent and uh going into the news meetings and hearing people reading like 20 different pitch ideas and i'm like god i didn't even know this many things happened in in a two-week period like i'd like to be that that lad up there reading those someday can can I ask you something? I know you're meant to ask the questions, but um, for your very first article with the College View, who's the first person you interviewed? Well, this will always be a very important memory I have in my in my journalism career. Of course, it was the the one and only uh, Amy Donahue, um, <laughs> notorious campaigner for Shite Night. Those were the days like you'd miss that so. Much. Well, I do, really do. <laughs> I remember, I remember this as well because I remember being at that news meeting where we doled out all these stories, um, and I remember the bright-eyed and bushy-tailed first year coming in. Uh, that was Jamie McCarran coming in looking for a story, and it's first, it's your first week in college, already <laughs> getting involved in the College View, um, which is more than I could say. Um, which yeah, sticking your hand up for the uh, for the Shite Night story, and you had never even been to Shite Night. 
Well, actually, that isn't entirely true. I had been to an unofficial shite night the week before my lecture started, and that's actually where I met Amy. So I already knew yeah, her, but I didn't uh, know her whole backstory, her origin story. You were in front of me uh, in the line, and I remember asking you what course you were doing, and you said journalism, and I was like, no way, I did that too. And I told you to go for first year rep uh, in JournoSoc, and you did, and you got it. Look at me now. <laughs> and yeah, just in case we somehow have any listeners that aren't from DCU, like I, that'd be brilliant. But just to let you know, Shite Night is a long held DCU institution, uh, or it was when such things could happen. Tuesday nights, we'd all get into New Bar and listen to brilliant uh, 90s and early noughties music. Um, and I, like, I remember writing that story. And it was probably like terrible, like me with no real knowledge on how to like structure a story or anything like that. And I just remember um, they changed the name of the event to Devotion. And I had the headline like, oh, DCU students like Shite Night more than Devotion. And then the editor changed it to DCU students are devoted to Shite Night. And I was like, oh, I wish I had thought of that myself. And I've aspired ever since to just come up with something that clever and I haven't got it there yet but you know we'll see there's plenty of time but um as you mentioned Ty you were saying that your time as news editor was a bit disrupted because of uh, COVID and everything and um I can confirm that things are still definitely quite disrupted uh the College View is no longer uh, printing actual papers because you know there's barely anyone on campus to read them so we've gone fully online and interestingly enough both of you work for fully online news organizations. So I was wondering, like, compared to your time doing internships or whatever, or just your other work, have you noticed like a significant difference in the way like an online news company is run compared to something, anything else you've been working on? That's a yeah, tough one. Um, yeah, it is a tough one. But I would just, what I would say is like, the way we did the College View was it was a very much a print first institution. We would, we would always, focus on the paper getting the making sure the paper was ready to go uh that's like our was the main focus every week was making sure that paper was out the door um and was off to the printers by um by monday by monday evening so you know that was always the focus but with with, with the journal um i freelance with them obviously so um it's it's more about getting there first like I'm mostly working, I usually, whenever I'm working with them, I usually work as like a, a breaking news reporter. So I'm always like on the, like the, uh, the priority list. So there's like keeping an eye on, on wires, keeping an eye on, on uh, any kind of government accounts, any kind of, if there's anything happening in the doll, if there is anything happening um, on Twitter or whatever, just keeping an eye, make sure things are, are taken over smoothly and, and, and keeping stuff like that covered. Well, compared to the College View, which is it, it's something that's you're primarily publishing twice twice a month. It's 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 different. You're not you're you're always on the move. You're always writing something. You, you kind of have to be very very quick with everything. You know, like when it comes to like COVID figures, you're always trying to be first out the gate for something like that. You don't want the Indo to beat you. You don't want the Irish Times to beat you. You don't want RT to beat you. You want your article out first. You know, there's no sort of holding back. You have to try and be as fast as you can but again yeah also have to be accurate so there's like this sort of drawback between the two you, you, no point being first if you're wrong so you need to like 
make sure you're factually correct and and your your written copy you needs to be good as well like this is no point throwing out copy that's badly written or it's, it doesn't sound right or it isn't doesn't have that journal style so it's 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 kind of it is there's a big difference between sort of the the, what was previously print focused um, with the uh, the college view and now working fully online with the with the journal, it is kind of different. Like there's the just trying to get the immediate like you're being it's more immediate um, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's a brilliant point. No point being first if you're wrong. Yeah, have you noticed any of those kind of things as well, Amy? Like as, when I was social media editor of the College View, like I've always kind of been involved online rather than print. The only experience I had with print journalism uh, within the college view was if I took up any extra articles. So obviously what I find is if I if I took a news piece for the college view, I usually kind of I took a piece from news, lifestyle, features, and then sometimes I threw in the odd opinion now. Uh, so I would have done four pieces every two weeks so that's grand that's loads of time for print but when you're online it's it's constant it moves at a faster pace like you have to think like what time do I publish this story at um if I publish it at three o'clock in the morning nobody's gonna see that so but meanwhile when things were normal the best thing the best time to uh, up to publish a story was about 7am when people were commuting to work so I think online like it's just such such a fast pace but like there's such a rush to it like it is enjoyable meanwhile I found that the paper like you got to wait you got to take your time uh, but like at the same time you took your time and then somebody was down your neck saying you have to send this to me by eight o'clock this evening before, before I uh, have to before we send off to the paper. And if you didn't send off to the paper, if you didn't get your piece in on time, like it'd be frowned upon. So, which is right? Like if you don't get a piece done, like that's your problem. Like you should have had it done before the deadline. So I suppose what I'm trying to say is, uh, online is faster. And when I was working well when I was doing bits for the college view it like you had your deadlines you had more time you had less articles so there was less pressure but at the time it felt like a lot of pressure yeah I'd say it did um and do you remember what the last thing you wrote for the college view was before you graduated well actually I remember the last piece I wrote um when I did my master's last year um, I was in lockdown. I was I was bored. I had a bit of extra time, so I was like, "Ah, sure, I might as well write an article for the College View." So in my masters, uh, I my last piece that I wrote was a review of Niall Horan's album. He obviously didn't see it. Um, I was hoping it was a gateway for him to notice me, but it wasn't. But my last piece when I was an undergrad, my very last undergrad piece was a bit on, it was an arts, it was another arts piece uh, on Grey's Anatomy. Uh, there was a powerful episode about a victim of rape and I kind of just covered that and what it, like how powerful, how meaningful it was and 
uh, like it was just such a big step for the show. So it was paper worthy when the paper existed. Yeah, I was just thinking there that the, the Nile Horn thing was a, a great send off to a, a brilliant career with the college view. I mean, you never know, maybe he, he didn't, he did notice it, but he's just trying to, you know, play it cool, play hard to get. So I guess we'll oh, see. I hope so. Next time he's I'll in. Valentine's Day and all. I hope he's, he has the roses ready. There's still a few hours to go. Next time he's in Drum Condor, we'll see what happens. But, um, so. Refrain in order, maybe. <laughs> so, um, obviously before uh, you landed this job with uh, Dublin Live and TIG as well, like currently with the journal, use of, you know, you're well used to a bit of freelance work. Um, What's that like, you know, just trying to get your foot in a door, get noticed by uh, a, a company like? I'll, I'll, I'll throw my hat in here now on this one. Um, you see, the thing is, I, with freelancing is, I didn't really, like, have to struggle too much to get a bit of freelance work with the journal. Like, once I got my, like, after I had got my internship, I worked, I worked with them for the two months of my internship then. And I was kind of told like, there will be work for you here soon. I will let you know, um, like there'll be more freelance shifts. And I, as I sort of had done my internship, they kind of showed me all the other like types of shifts that they have. Like I was doing the sort of standard half nine till, till half five, um, sort of showing the, the half six till, um, till three. Then I was the 11 o'clock till, till eight. Um, then like the late shifts, like the three, half three to 11 or whatever. And then like, I was kind of brought back in whenever, like you'd get like the odd phone call, like, can you be in or can you do this? Can you do like tomorrow, at, like half three to, to 11 to cover like the late shift or whatever, like, or the, impe- the, the, the second Trump impeachment trial is on. We need somebody in late to cover that. Are you about, um, like you get that sort of stuff the odd time now. Um, and it's 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 interesting like because it's the thing with I really actually do enjoy it like it's it's not obvious it's not as like you don't get as many shifts as like you're not full-time staff like but it's still it's fun like to to fill the gaps and like if you're ever like if there's ever like a quiet week coming up or whatever you might get a you now shift here here and there but it is it's like it's it's difficult like I mean I, I had sent around CVs after I finished um at the journal to a load of publications I kind of heard back not a whole lot so you know there it is it is difficult to sort of break into the, the freelance stuff and that's why you, you kind of have you can just kind of need to get a bit lucky you know it is because it, it's the there's no guarantees you know yeah and um how about you Amy Oh, well, sure. Look at uh, my freelance experience was quite a whirlwind, to be honest. Um, I kind of I decided uh, in second year that like at this during the summer, uh, I was like, I have a bit of free time, like I might start uh, getting my name out there. So uh, I, I obviously had a few College View articles under my belt at that stage, but very few. So I started writing for She Amazing uh dot net uh it's an irish girly kind of website uh i i actually had like good interviews and decent opinions as well it was a very dramatic summer with repeal the eight and the pope visit in ireland so like i got good opinion pieces out of that then i suppose i wrote a piece well I did my final year got in i did my internship in rsvp and 
uh, I, I I went to Mexico that summer. So I was, and then I was back in college in September. And I, I looked at myself and I was like, Asher, I have to do a bit of journalism. Like I have this degree. All my friends have graduated journalism jobs. I have to like throw my hat in there too. So obviously I started uh, applying for jobs, uh, emailing editors, um, ringing editors, wrecking their heads, trying to get like trial shifts and the whole lot. Um, I got a gig with Dublin Live. I did a student column with them back when, during my masters. And then as well, I worked part-time with The Sun uh, which I probably shouldn't have been doing at the same time. There were two different publications who are, I suppose, rivals in some way, but I was thinking of myself. I was thinking of income at the time. So and get my name out there. Uh, so I kind of did them both. And yeah, so if I didn't do that column with Dublin Live, um, I probably wouldn't be there today like that. That obviously did me a few favours when I was applying for the job. Um, fun fact, whenever I was researching this episode, I did a little uh, look through Tig's LinkedIn page and uh, it said to me, people who viewed this person also looked at, and there was Gavin Riley and Shane Brennan. So you're up there with like the cream of the crop of journalism when you really look at it like that. Oh, sure. Gavin Riley's a big inspiration. I really, really enjoy some of his work. Um, I spoke to him last year for the um, politics module in DCU. I spoke with him. I wrote a feature about like his work. So that might explain that why he's he's popping up next to me for some reason. Um, That's your claim to fame, knowing Gavin Riley. I, I wouldn't say I know him. <laughs> Best friends. That might be pushing it now. Yeah, I maybe maybe we'll have the great Shane Brennan on this podcast sometime. And if I if I have the time, maybe that other guy that you mentioned there. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> But um, yeah, just kind of related to LinkedIn, did you find it difficult to kind of, uh, you know, be a journalist and get a job like in terms of, because obviously the market isn't brilliant to begin with. And then, you know, since COVID, things have really taken a bit of a turn. In regards to getting a job, it's actually like, I haven't gotten a job with LinkedIn yet, like whatsoever. Um, I think I think it's like tinder in some way I suppose like I don't let get lads on tinder and I don't get jobs on LinkedIn um I actually got my job with the sun I found it on Facebook and I found the Dublin live job I went for um on Twitter and then when they were looking for a student columnist I found I found out on Facebook too so obviously just scrolling through social media like stalking well not stalking um like checking in with the lads you fancy, whatever. Some useful things actually pop up sometimes. Um, well, that's great, Amy. You're after destroying our sponsorship deal with LinkedIn. But yeah. <laughs> thanks a million. <laughs> Asher, look at you might get a sponsorship from Tinder now. I mean, I wouldn't turn it down. Um, but so is it do you guys find it like difficult to be sort of a journalist in the age of COVID? Like not in terms of you know job security or anything like that but in terms of sitting there and like about I don't know 50 percent maybe of what you're writing every day is just how many people have died how many people have been vaccinated what's the new like updates from the government like that kind of thing yeah I mean depending on like your viewpoint on it I think I think yeah I think it depends on your viewpoint on on stuff like this I mean obviously it's, it is 
we do live in a really 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 grim time like but again it's like once in a century so that's the thing it there's always something kind of interesting to write about you know whether or not that's to do with covid or the the current coalition government we have or um some big scandal uh in the doll or like the, the like for example the, the shed match that was that was just uh between um duncan smith and the healy rays in the doll there's always kind of stuff happening it's opportunity to get out and about reporting as much anymore because of current restrictions you can't get out you're kind of you know when you're not chained to your desk but you're like there's no like real press conferences anymore except for like the couple of government press conferences that there is and then the the weekly netflix briefings so there's like there's less opportunities to get out and about for markings and stuff but otherwise like i mean i think the biggest challenge for the of the of the pandemic as a journalist from for me anyway speaking as somebody who's like quite new to the industry is like getting out and about and like meeting other journalists you know like i mean like if i if, if for example if if uh it wasn't for covid you'd probably be going to press conferences more often you'd be meeting other journalists um at the at press conferences you'd be chatting with them you'd be making connections and, and networking and i find that that's quite that's part of the one of the difficult things about um covid like obviously i i've not been in the journal's office because I've been working at home. Um, so I've only ever had interaction with anybody at the journal or the Slack over the forum connections with people, I think. Um, obviously, you'll, you'll, you'll chat to folks and you'll, and you'll get to, to know them like over like the couple of months or whatever you work with them. But you do, it's not the same as like sitting beside them in an office or whatever and chatting to them like, like we would have done at the, with the College View. Like you're, you're working with these people every day and you're seeing them every day, whereas with COVID, because of COVID, you're not seeing them at all. Um, and you're not like meeting other journalists at like press conferences or, or whatever, and you're not making connections. So it's, it's, that's like the, the thing that I kind of struggled with at the very beginning, because you're so sort of separated from everyone else. Like as a, as a journalist, you're not like interacting with everybody, like all the time, it's a bit more difficult to sort of get used to the whole, just working from home thing. But I think now it's obviously as the pandemic has changed and like, as, as it's moved on, it's, it's more, it's easier to do it, but it's just kind of like getting used to the, to the, how it all worked um, while working from home was just totally bizarre, you know? It's just not the same. And um, a complete 180 from from this very important but depressing uh, topic. What would you say is like one of your favorite stories that you've worked on either with the College View freelance work or, you know, with the journal or Dublin Life or just anything? Like it doesn't even have to be, it doesn't have to be some sort of groundbreaking journalism, just something that you, you enjoyed and you thought it was good crack, like. Oh, um, I actually did a freelance piece for the journal a few months ago. Um, oh, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, I was so sad writing it. I, like, uh, I actually had COVID a few months ago and I got, like, being from a small town, uh, like, there was gossip, there was rumours. I was apparently at house parties and stuff when I wasn't. I wish I was, but I wasn't. And yeah, people were saying this about me. So I was like, I'll, I'll write about this. I'll get like a fuss going online. So I really enjoyed the reaction to it because it was just so dramatic. It was, the article got over a hundred thousand views, which is mad uh, because it was just my silly little rant about my silly little COVID diagnosis. But yeah, I ended up having like four, yeah, four or five radio interviews the day it was published it just kind of skyrocketed ran like I wasn't expecting it to go 
wild at all. And obviously the journal's comments were very entertaining as well. So yeah, it's like, it was a bad experience. I had an awful time with my COVID, but uh, with my writing skills, I kind of turned it into a positive. I kind of brought it to light that it's, it's horrible to have COVID, but it's normal to get it. Sure, look at the amount of cases now, like it's spreading like wildfire. So I just kind of wanted to let people know that like you're not a pathogen if you do get COVID. Like if if you get the flu, like you're gonna get the flu in your life. Like that's like it's not nice having a snotty nose, a cough, a headache, whatever. It, but like people treat that like people treat COVID as if it's like something like disgusting and like it's taboo to have it. It like you shouldn't get it, but yeah, I kind of just wanted to normalize it and like some like a lot of the comments were nice like people were like oh she's right like uh if you don't isolate and you ignore the fact that you have covid like you're going to spread it so at least she spoke up but then again a lot of the comments were hurtful but I I saw the funny side like I got a good few insults so I got a laugh out of those people too. Yeah, I remember reading that article it was actually pretty good it must have been mad like having a hundred thousand people reading something and then some of them just being a bit you know rude rest of them being sound like i can only imagine the rumors floating about uh Kutil about where your covid came from like oh i heard she was at a, a jacuzzi party at eamon ryan's house like something like that god knows like yeah uh so tiger sure you know, i was allegedly in the pub allegedly i was allegedly in the pub sharing pints like as if i couldn't afford my own just going from table to table just sipping everything that's <laughs> left over like the ends. um yeah so so ty what would you say would be your your favorite story in that regard my fa- favorite story um this is i have a lot of stories that i really enjoyed writing um in more some more I'll do something more recent because this is something I just really really enjoyed getting to cover um I was drafted in to to cover the um the impeachment the the impeachment proceedings oh it, must, it wasn't even that long ago it must have been three weeks ago or something like that um and yeah I basically just got to like sit at my desk and like keep an eye on like CNN and like watch the whole thing sort of play it in front of me just got to report I'm not like Brian O'Donovan over in Washington but you know you still get that kind of feeling of like you're reporting on something that's like important uh, and that will be looked back on in like 10 or 20 years and be thought so, Jesus that was mad wasn't it remember when Trump was impeached a second time um so it's just it's it's kind of like getting to, to like sit there on like the front row of history and kind of just like look at everything sort of scroll in past you it just I, I I just thought that was like that was something I thought was really, really fun to work work on um, more recently. Um, yeah, it's stuff like that. I love I love working on breaking news. I think it's just, it's kind of the very fast paced nature of it. Like you're zipping on, you're ringing one person, then you're grabbing their comment, you're sticking that the piece and you're getting it up online or and you're following up and, and keep working on the same stories like that. It's, it's just the, the fast paced nature of it, I think is just really, really fun. Um, like it, there's a lot of action, like, I can think again to the, the McConlogue story uh, where Charlie McConlogue was revealed to COVID and we got a notification of it, like a, a government minister tested positive and like there was a mad scramble in the newsroom to try and figure out, right, who who is the minister who has it? Like, 
and you're ringing up uh, your people are ringing up aid to to the ministers and going was it this minister was it them this that the other and then you finally find out that it was it was McConnell Logan ringing up their advisors and stuff to try and get comments and I uh, just there's sort of really really fast paced nature which just really it's just really fun like I kind of just love all of it to be honest so oh yeah I love the whole speediness of it as well someone told me actually that Charlie McConnell was in the pub drinking pints with Amy and that's that's what happened but <laughs> oh yeah sure we were licking lampposts <laughs> big yeah. if true um yeah I wouldn't even I wouldn't say it's definitely on the same scale as writing about like a global event of, of historic note like a Trump's impeachment but I'd say probably one of my favorite stories that I worked on recently would have been this little saga of uh, the DCUT Instagram account uh, and it's many twists and turns so um, yeah basically for anyone that doesn't know there was a, a DCU confessions account uh, which as these accounts do supposed to be run by a, a DCU student from Ireland of course uh, it turned out it was being run by a, a Canadian girl who also told people she was from Australia like it, I was there like hmm, well I put up like a world map and like connect all the little thumbtacks and strings like it was mad and um, yeah it wasn't even like that it was that big a story but just the stuff she came out with that she learned about Ireland was hilarious like oh I know you guys don't pay nurses very much and I know you's like you'd ride each other before you go on dates instead of the other way around and I was just like oh this is class mm-hmm. um yeah, I don't know. It just sticks out in my memory. Is I, I remember reading that. I remember I read- reading that and thinking, "Oh, this is a great yarn." How did how did he come out? How did he find this out? This is this is brilliant. Like, I think it was it was one of the one of the best things I read from the college view, and it was just it was fantastic. It was just really well written as well. Like tea on DCUT. <laughs> brilliant. It was absolutely fantastic. Cheers. Um, I was in the I was actually in the student union's little Valentine's Day Tinder swipe event, and then just there would be a lulling conversation of like oh yeah did you hear about this uh, dcud thing yeah i actually wrote about that uh, do you want my number do you <laughs> didn't work surprisingly enough but um <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah kind of in a a bit of a different uh direction do you feel like maybe spilling the dirt on any sort of mistakes that you guys have made in your in your time as journalists so far i mean it's a bit a bit daunting to be saying i mean i'll go first because why not? Like, um, I remember like a couple of months ago, I was writing a College View article about something that Simon Harris had said, and I called him the Minister for Education when he's just, no, he's not. He's the Minister for Higher and Further Education. And it's like, doesn't seem like that big of a thing. Does, but does, considering, he, know does he know he's the Minister for like Higher Education? <laughs> he's still hung up on that whole, that whole uh, health and thing. Like, he's living in the oh, past. But, um, yeah, considering it's it's for the college view and like, you know, nearly 50% of the stories we write these days are Minister Simon Harris has announced this. Just completely forgot what his actual job title is. Like, that's, I don't even think I went and fixed that either. It'll just be there for history to see. Anyone going to incriminate themselves? Oops, I can kind of say what I did once, but I don't know, like you might legally get in trouble for it because we nearly got legally in trouble for it but I wrote an opinion piece about a certain sports star and I accused him of certain things and it was an opinion and it was briefly published online and yeah if 
if we didn't take certain sentences out of it before people started to notice like that person could have sued the paper for me accusing them of a thing I I don't want to say too much in case you end up getting sued Jamie like but it was just such such a topic that I was passionate about and yeah I just wrote too much when I should have just taken lots of words out <laughs> I can tell you what it was but you can put it in fair enough fair enough we don't want that rough draft podcast being destroyed before it even begins <laughs> god <laughs> and then yeah so how about you Ty hopefully uh it's a slightly different yeah um this is this comes from like very early on in or late on in second year whenever I just got the news editor position and we're working on the um the kind of wrap-up edition of the paper and like we're doing like our SU assessment sort of piece um and I got uh like the current SU president and anyway um I think he was out sick or something I basically I pestered him so much to where he like gave out to me on Twitter um and I felt really really bad about it for for months I actually I still think about it and I'm like oh that was such a bad mistake um so that's why I've been like you have to kind of be more it sort of learned me fairly quick when I got into the editor position that like oh you have to kind of be professional and you can't like make mistakes like that because you need to be approachable and you can't just be like pestering well you can pester people but you can't just literally drive them up the wall um to the point where they will lash at you in social media in fairness now the su uh like that year and the year after like they seen the college view as the enemy as if Mm -hmm. we were these evil people like writing fiction about them it was very when, Trumpian, wasn't it? Oh, it was like I'm I'm happy with who's on the SU this year, even though I'm not in DCU anymore, because I know some of those people, maybe all of them, I well, the ones that I know of anyways, that they would happily speak to the newspaper. Meanwhile, previous years you would have had to go through the process of sending an email, sending the questions prior, which is like isn't journalism like if you send the questions beforehand but like that's what they made you do like it was like it wasn't fair on us and they never respected the college view if I can say that I don't know but uh yeah I think I think a certain story about a certain society kind of set them off Mm -hmm. yeah we are pretty lucky that this year the student union is actually signed and they recognize that uh having a having like an open communication with the students that uh, elected them is maybe a good idea so fair play to them for for doing what their predecessors didn't think of but um that kind of reminds me of like you know being in first year whatever this was an issue like and it's not anymore obviously but I remember being in first year hearing about this and I'm like can't believe this is something that people actually so strange that like it's an actual problem and um kind of related to that like do you guys have you noticed anything about something about journalism that you never knew about until you actually got a job doing it um well I suppose uh a simple example just speaking about the SU there um I always thought that it was going to be such a hassle getting in touch with politicians but now that I'm a journalist like I thought it was going to be the whole student politics all over again, having to email them, set a meeting, set a time. To, like I thought it was going to be this whole long process. 
But I have like I have politicians numbers on my phone now and I can ring one whenever like I can ring a few whenever I want. Like I know that they know of me, know my publication and like they trust me, I trust them. Like we work hand in hand. And yeah, an interview could be done in five minutes. I can get a comment straight away. Meanwhile, I always thought it was going to be such a hassle because of the experience I had in the student newspaper with our student government. Yeah, I think I'd echo something similar to that. Like, it's a lot easier to get in touch with, like, any kind of elected official or, like, people who are, like, high up in, in like, unions or um, any kind of organisation that has, like, a press office or whatever. And it's kind of easy to get in touch with them. Like, you can either just drop them a text and they'll get back to you or whatever. And, like, it's usually fairly quick. Like, there's no sort of hanging about. Like, you ring them. They don't respond. You're waiting an hour to hear back from them. And like the same goes at like press officers as well. Like you kind of, as you ring them more often, you kind of build a relationship with them. And I'm not, maybe not build a relationship, but like you get to know them kind of, um, and they like know what you do and like, you can sort of like just chat to them. I mean, like, I'm just sort of like working away off that basis. Like it's, it's, it's easier to sort of write your articles and get them out quicker, um, get to out writing more, you know? Like meanwhile, uh, in DCU, a, a person in your year tag physically had to chase a vice president of the SU to try and get a quote. Like physically chase. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because they just wouldn't do yeah. it. It's not a big campus either, you know? And like, I remember like we go, we'd go to like, I remember trying to go doorstop like SU officers like back in, in third year, like going up to the SU office and basically like knocking on doors being like, look, have you got like two minutes just to have a chat with me? And they'd, you couldn't get talking to them at all like they wouldn't be interested like if then i remember like with, with some of the um whenever obviously whenever we um were covering it, it they weren't the if they weren't they were only um like vice president or president elect of dcusu they'd always be fairly easy for a comment as well like you get in, in touch with them fairly easily and they'd be happy enough to chat with you um and lastly sort of the big question everyone everyone wants to know is with your, your combined many years of wisdom, uh, is there any advice you would like to impart on uh, you know, students maybe my age or younger on how they could you know, rise to your, your levels of success? Um, I suppose now, uh, when Ty goes saying not to pester, I'd say pester people. Like if, if you want an article, article published, if you're a freelancer, and like you send emails uh editors might necessarily see emails straight away and if it's breaking news like it's like don't be afraid to pick up the phone like whether it's whether it's an editor whether it's somebody that you need to interview like just pick up the phone it's easier it's quicker you get like you get a better connection with the person you get better answers from the person meanwhile if they get the opportunity to type out type out an answer like they have time to think about it like it mightn't be like it could be like a basic sentence meanwhile it's it's more meaningful if if you're on the phone to them like and that goes for editors too like it's easier to editors are very busy it's easier to reach them over the phone as if it's possible like I know like you could ring an office, maybe they might have their mobile number on their LinkedIn or whatever, if it's your first time getting in touch with them. So yeah, I suppose top up your phone and 
run away. I, I, I think I'd agree with with Amy on that as well. Like ring, ringing people is the best way to go. And as well as that, I would say try and get in contact with some journalists that you like, you like respect and like you think that they are are areas of journalism that you might be interested in. So if you're in, interested in political journalism, get in touch with Paula Kors. Um, if you're interested in, in like current affairs reporting, get in touch with like your day to day reporters. If you're interested in breaking news, get in touch with breaking news reporters. Like most of them are very happy to like talk to young journalists and people who are like looking to get into the industry to like give them some kind of like a bit of a boost and give them like impart some of their knowledge like obviously I'm very 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 new to this so what I have to say probably won't be as important as say someone with maybe 5, 10, 15 years experience uh, might have and a lot of journalists are very willing to like chat to to student journalists and people who are getting into the trying to get into the into the job or they want to sort of help impart some of their knowledge that they've gained over the course of years to um never be afraid to send an email to like a local publication or radio station about like an internship or whatever or like some like a couple of hours work here or there like it's always good experience i remember doing it in my first year reaching out to the dundalk democrat and getting a month's internship with them like writing articles uh, on the local area and doing news reporting on like accidents or whatever or sort of the daily comings and goings of local politicians and stuff like that like there's always something happening in a local area so getting some reporting experience at a local area is always good and they're generally looking for people to help uh, you might get paid for it but you'll get a bit of experience especially if you're a young journalist it's it's always good to get that bit of experience yeah that's brilliant i definitely agree um so you heard it here first guys from amy and tig uh, definitely make an effort to ring the people you want to get in contact with and uh, don't be afraid to um, hit up people that you aspire to be like yeah great advice thanks so much for coming on the show today guys taking some time out of your very busy I'm guessing Valentine's days <laughs> that's funny thank you very much for having us anytime guys and um, yeah stay tuned for the next episode of Rough Draft Rough Draft